The universe, with its infinite wisdom and splendor, also has a weird sense of humor. Because in April of 2020, while the world was focused on the COVID pandemic, I was unexpectedly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. The good news is that like the universe, I also have a weird sense of humor. Hey everybody, my name is Tom Latona. I'm an artist, a writer, and a storyteller, and your host of the Think Better with MS podcast. I've made it my mission to work with people like myself who face the daily challenges of MS, and to do so with a focus on health, wellness, and positivity. The Think Better with MS podcast is geared toward helping people gain more knowledge to raise their perspectives by discussing a wide range of topics to inform, educate, and to inspire. My journey is as unique as yours, and I wish to share mine, the good, the bad, and the mostly absurd, so we can build a community of support and understanding with compassion. Together, we can help. Together, we can create change. Together, we can overcome MS. Well, it's actually happened. I'm sure you felt it. I'm sure you're aware of it. But just in case you're not, take a moment. Look at your calendar. When you flipped it over a few weeks ago, did it say September? Mine did. When you look out your window, look at the trees. What's going on with the leaves there? Are they starting to turn orange and red and yellow? A little bit of green still? Mm-hmm. Thought so. Are the days getting shorter? Dusk is coming sooner. There's that chilly crispness in the air every evening. Good sleeping weather, by the way. But still, the nights aren't as warm as they used to be. I guess what I'm getting to is this. We're in the middle of a seasonal change. And with all those metrics I just pointed out, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's a new season, folks. Officially, it's pumpkin spice season. So listen, I I don't want to start this episode with a rant. It's not my objective. It's too early in the morning for me to get this worked up over something. But I feel like it needs to be said. And I'm going to say it. Enough already with the pumpkin spice. Just enough. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure it really gives you the funny feels inside. But can we just evaluate for a minute how ridiculous this whole thing is? I was walking through a supermarket the other day, and they had pumpkin spice Oreo cookies. What the hell? I mean, why stop there? Why not just have pumpkin spice deodorant or pumpkin spice chapstick? I mean, just get the flavor all over your mouth. Why not? And moisturize your lips at the same time. Uh, sure, why not? What about pumpkin spice toilet paper? You know, for those days when you're blowing out the, uh, the donuts that you had the day before and you just got to get that gourd-like feeling on your tushy? Why not? I mean, everything else 
everywhere you look for the next few months is pumpkin spice flavored, which makes no sense to me at all for a number of reasons. One of which is, and this is a personal opinion, um, it's gross. It just doesn't taste good. So why? Secondly, nobody ever in the history of mankind ever sat down and ate a pumpkin. Like, it just doesn't happen. Nobody, like, gets a pumpkin and sets it down on the table with their their kids clutching forks and knives with a hungry look in their eye and a glint of, of just excitement as the dad carefully sculpts off the side of the gourd and sprinkles a little salt and pepper on it and lays out slices of pumpkin for the family to enjoy. Nobody's ever done that. <laughs> so... Why do we elevate the flavor of pumpkin, and why do we only do it for like two months out of the year? Well, it's because we're, as a species, declining at a great pace, I believe. But that's really not it. It's that it's not even pumpkin flavored. It's more like a cinnamon and uh, clove and nutmeg kind of combination, which, which, by the way, is available year-round. Not only just those three ingredients, but the actual combination of them, labeled pumpkin spice, is in fact available year-round at your local grocer. You could go. Go look. It's not like September 1st this thing becomes available. It's not the McRib. It's a bunch of spices that are labeled incorrectly that gets put into everything for a few weeks, and then we're all just supposed to live with that. I, I, for one, am breaking the trend. I'm anti-pumpkin spice. I'm just going to put it out there. That's where I'm at. I'm anti-pumpkin spice. I don't mind if you enjoy your pumpkin spice. All I'm asking for is just, you know, like religion, keep it to yourself, maybe. You know, just you don't have to make it a thing for everyone. And somehow we're the wrong ones for not enjoying it. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't be that person. Well, it felt good to get that off my chest anyway. Thank you for indulging me. Hey everyone, it's Tom back with a new episode of the Think Better with MS podcast. And, (laughs) you know, I'd been uh, reflecting on the past recently and looking forward into the future as well, uh, as I am wont to do. And it has sort of occurred to me that now that we're transitioning into autumn, um, I feel like I maybe missed a little bit of summer. Uh, You know, like summer has a particular feel to it. You know, it's hot, obviously. Kids are out of school, so it's noisier. Um, But it also tends to slow down. You know, life slows down a little bit. You could just literally watch the grass grow. Um, It's a wonderful time of the year. Although the heat at times does interfere with my life, but this year it didn't. And maybe that is why it felt so, I don't know, just different for me. Um, You know, another way to put it is I believe that this past summer was the least summery summer that I ever summered. It just didn't have that that air to it where it was like, okay, we're in the middle of summer. Uh, Maybe because I didn't really experience a heat wave which is a good thing for me. Um, 
that's usually a good telltale sign of how hot the summer is. Um, but I didn't really experience that. Or if I did, I just blocked it out. I, I missed it completely. Um, but it got me thinking anyway about the expression, the dog days of summer. I don't know why it popped in my head a few weeks ago, but it did. And I was watching Lady, of course. She was in the backyard and she was napping in the sun. And I guess I just always assumed that the dog days of summer were just that. That sort of hottest part of the summer where everything's just, you know, humidity and heat. And you're just kind of in this groove and it should be good. And it's mildly interrupted by fireworks going off at random times in the middle of the night. But that's what I thought the dog days of summer were, really. And then I just stuck with that thought for a minute, and I realized I didn't actually know why we call it the dog days of summer, Um, which isn't the end of the world by any means, but it's one of those things that generally I would want to know, you know. Just an arbitrary, strange factoid um, that I have stuck in my cranium for some reason that I pull out the most inappropriate times. This is who I am, you know? I'm not going to (laughs) change. So it's it's slightly miffed me that I didn't know what the origin of dog days were. I just was working on this assumption that it was, you know, dogs pant and have their tongues hanging out because it's warm. So anyways, uh, the hero of the story, of course, is me because I went ahead and did a little bit of digging around on the interwebs Uh, So that you don't have to, so I could give you the answer of exactly what the Dog Days of Summer is all about. Uh, And it's not that far off, to be honest with you. Um, So really what it is, and we have to go kind of all the way back here to the Pax Romana, the time of ancient Rome. And there were some smart people living back then, and what they had figured out is that if you looked up in the sky and, you know, late August or late summer, you know, early September, that the Sirius star, uh, seriously, the Sirius star, which is the brightest star in our sky, is somewhat occupies the same region of, of space as our, our sun does. Um, so they assume that the Sirius star, otherwise known as the dog star, um, because of its close proximity to the sun and that the temperature on the earth was warmer than usual, they just maybe made this leap of logic, their logic, not my logic, that the dog star in conjunction with the sun made the temperature warmer. Yeah. So it was really the dog star days of summer, they would call it as a quick reference. Um, And because we're lazy now, as it got passed through, we dropped the star and we just refer to it as the dog days of summer. Also, they were wrong. Um, Sirius does not have an impact on our global temperatures. But, you know, hey, that was like 2,500 years ago, and they were doing their best and wearing togas. And now here we are still not understanding climate (laughs) very well and the causes of it and the changes in it. But that's not the point of this episode. Uh, It was only to discuss that I found some irrelevant information recently and i'm passing it along to you the listener so congratulations you are that much more informed about the dog days of summer you're welcome i did my job (laughs) so anyways 
the dog days of summer are generally when you know that it's summer's peaking, it's at its hottest, but you also have probably been on this earth long enough to know that what follows it is fall. So every season changes into the next one, and rarely is it a, an overnight experience. It's that weird transition between the two, and I find myself there right now. Uh, it's beautiful outside, it's very sunny and it's warm, but I know as the sun starts to set, the shadows will get much longer, and that cooler air will come in into the evening. So you can feel the change in the air, and autumn has always been my favorite season. And I'm not exactly sure why, to be honest with you, other than, well, if you look at it from a certain perspective, it's almost the, it's more rebirth than spring is usually attributed to. Let me explain that. In late summer, fall, you generally have the, the kiddos are going back to school. They got their back to school haircuts and they're all, you know, back into a routine so it feels like the beginning of something, right? This is the beginning of their school year. This is the beginning of their, you know, whatever grade they're in, their fifth grade journey, whatever the case might be. And as we sort of grow from the beginning, then we get into winter, which is just the doldrums of it. It's the long haul, if you will. And then spring is a sort of second rebirth where, hey, we're almost there. We, we're past the midway point. You know, we only got 10 more miles of this marathon to run. Let's go. And the reward for crossing the finish line is you get a few months off for summer vacation. And then you rinse and repeat that entire formula ad nauseum until one day you realize there's no more schooling in that capacity for you. And you have to wake up and be an adult and live through the dredge and the treachery of life. No, I'm just kidding. Life is great. But you see where I'm going with this is that there's a sort of programming that occurs that... Um, you know, this is the way we do it, and it cycles. It just goes in and out, in and out. And there's nothing wrong with cycles, obviously, because the Earth is in a cycle, right? Summer into fall, fall into winter, winter into spring. You can't stop it. You can't wish it away. It's going to happen. So enjoy it, right? Okay, well, that, that's my plan anyways. But I was looking at the past few weeks, and I realized I didn't really experience those dog days of summer. And I think that is the line of demarcation for me that once it gets to that unbearable hot place, I'm actually like, that's it. I don't feel like being in impressive heat anymore. Give me fall. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of, I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. I know in the middle of February, I was hoping for a sunny day, but now that we have sunny and warm days, I'm done. Right. And it helps me to sort of prepare or had in the past, I should say helps me sort of prepare to get into the next phase of it. But something this year was a little bit different, and that's what I want to talk about uh, in today's episode, is that I had, I had these two fairly major life events occur in the past two weeks of my life, two and a half weeks. And I do want to discuss those. I'll talk about those in, in a minute. But it's about how I prepared for those moments and what my state of mind was leading into it. And then I want to do a contrast to compare to another time in my life when I had more than one life-altering event happen at the same time and how I handled that. And I just want to sort of see if I can't chart the growth and the change within those two parameters to help illustrate the importance of having a proper mindset moving forward in life. 
regardless is if you're dealing with an autoimmune disease or you're just dealing with a something, there is, I believe, some resounding wisdom in just the understanding of how to approach this. The execution, of course, is going to be up to you, but the understanding of it, maybe I could help with that. So let's move into what I want to talk about today. So I wanted to talk about my own personal dog days of summer. And what I mean by that is, um, let me set the stage for you. As I just mentioned, there were two relatively big major life events that occurred recently in my life. And I was aware that these were going to happen. So I had time to prepare and plan uh, for myself, the eventuality that these were going to go down. I'll talk about these in a moment. Um, but I, I realized that in doing so, I was I had this focused concentration on it. I was rather preoccupied, to be honest with you, uh, mentally, with both of those things uh, about to happen. They were on the calendar, so to speak, and there was nothing I could do to change it, nor would I. There were two things that were just going to happen. Um, but in that preoccupation, I noticed I was just sort of disengaging from a lot of stuff that normally would catch my attention. And this is a good thing. I was eliminating all the distractions in my life. And some are as easy as just not giving it any attention. Um, other times you have to make a critical step in your own decision-making process. Um, and I, I touched on this before about using the do not disturb function on your phone, for instance, or putting your phone literally in a drawer in another room and sitting down and doing the task that you assigned for yourself so that it would be an obstacle to get up and walk to another room and grab your phone would give you hopefully the time to say, whoa, 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 wait, this, that's an old habit. That's an old pattern. I don't need to look at my phone. I'm just satisfying some sort of dopamine urge I have leave the phone where it is, get back to the work, right? So it's part and parcel with a lot of what I talk about is having the self-discipline and the habit-making skills and enforcing them with yourself. Um, that is going to lead you to a better life altogether, I believe. So, uh, but that being said, I was eliminating the distractions when I could and where I could. And only focusing on these two events that were coming up in my life. Those were not in, under my control, but I, like I said, I knew they were going to happen, and that was the focus of my attention for that time. But from the outside looking in, and not that it matters, I can imagine how I might have come off as aloof or apathetic towards someone or something, um, which is not the case at all. It was just a focused awareness on what I needed to stay uh, attached to, and everything else would just fall by the wayside. I, an easier way to sort of explain that is to say, if you can objectively look at any situation in your life and ask yourself a simple question, it's a very simple question. You should be, answer, be able to answer it yes or no immediately. Is this essential? Is this necessary for my fill-in-the-blank? Whether your focus is on your own personal growth or you're working on a relationship or you're working on your business plan or whatever the case might be, what are you focused on? And is that thing benefiting you by being in your orbit? 
you should know right away yes or no. And if it's no, there it is. Get it out, right? <laughs> Turn your back on it, close it off, whatever the case might be, but do not allow it into your orbit because it is, by definition, distracting you from your goal. So taking all that into account, it's not apathy. It's not aloofness. It's just being focused in a world where focus is an underappreciated art form, I believe. It's just far too easy these days to get distracted. You know, I mean, we're just so connected as a society now that there's even when you're not engaged with it, you have that FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out, that there's something going on that you need to be aware of and a part of only to find out that there really is nothing going on. But by now, you've just wasted an hour scrolling or reading or, uh, you know, online or watching a TV show. Like, you're really not missing anything other than your own life when your focus is on catching up with the things you think should be in your life. <laughs> you know, it's weird circular logic. I understand why people fall prey to it. I have myself, too. I'm not in an ivory tower on this, but I sort of was able to break the code on that. You know, I was able to see for myself the importance of saying, you know, I do not need this in my life right now. It's not necessary. This is not a, a make or break thing for me. So I can put it on a back burner at the very least. But what I will not allow it to do is occupy my, my, my field of vision. I don't need that in my way because it's a distraction. So anyways, that was me in my sort of dog days if you will, it was just like a hazy cloud of protection, you know, like I wasn't daydreaming, I wasn't uh, detaching or disassociating. I was actually, I found myself being hyper-focused while also feeling very peaceful, you know. So the Taoists sometimes refer to this as the flow state, where it's, you're, you're not thinking about thinking. And I found myself in that place. And I would love to say, I know how to get back there. <laughs> uh, that would be a lie. I mean, I think I do. <laughs> you know, I, I remember what I did to get there. And it's not like a one quick life hack kind of thing where it's like eat broccoli and you're chill. No, it's not that. But it is a lifestyle. Um, and it's, it's holistic. Everything in your life has to work in accordance with that sort of peaceful state. Otherwise, it won't be a peaceful state, you know, duh, by definition. So it's how to find that balance in life that works with the lifestyle that you want to lead and, you know, at the end of the day doesn't really harm anyone else. Well, there's no one answer for that, right? Obviously, there's things you can and can't do or should or shouldn't do, but there's no one size fits all. This will make you happy. And that's both the blessing and the curse of the human condition is that there is no uniformity to how we lead our lives, but there is a sort of moral code that if we can mostly agree to it, it should bring harmony into most people's lives. You know, I don't want to get off on the tangent of ethics here, but it's there, you, you know, and if you're picking up what I'm throwing down, you'll understand that it's, it's not a dog eat dog world. It's dog needs to take care of dog world first so that he can help the pack second. So if that resonates with you, I hope you understand where I'm sort of coming from with this. But in, 
in the in, in the middle of a change when you know we're all we, we're always constantly changing but I was able to forecast ahead that there were going to be these two major life changes with me I made it a priority in my own life to get myself mentally prepared for that and emotionally prepared too um, which you'll find out in a minute um, but it was going to be contingent on my state of mind leading up to those moments and then well past it and that how I was going to handle that was going to set the tone for all of my life because again it's holistic these are life changing events so as your life changes you got to change with it you got to be adaptable and I found myself juggling two major life events at the same time which I'm kind of a pro at now because if you've been following along with the podcast for some time cool thank you by the way uh for sticking with it and if this is your first time with us hello thank you for being here but a quick recap would be that in april 2020 covid started about a week later i'm sitting in a doctor's office and he tells me i have ms both of those things obviously earth shattering and life changing as they were they both were complete surprises in my life you know, there wasn't a lot of build up to it. Hey, in two years, you're going to get diagnosed. Hey, in a six months, heads up, you know, you're going to get shut down and, you know, go have to sit in quarantine. Like what? That never happened. It was just you wake up one day and you're told, well, you can't work for a while. Go home. And then a week later, you wake up the next day and it's basically you'll never be well again. Toodles. Good luck. Oh, by the way, there's a. A pandemic outside so don't don't go outside because it will actually kill you because your immune system sucks and it's like gotcha doc thanks yeah it was fun times <laughs> it was uh, a wild ride still is a wild ride but um, amongst all that you know what was I doing I was just basically juggling two major life events at the same time I didn't maybe look at it or phrase it that way um, but that's what it was all right, so the world outside was a little haywire, and I found out that the world inside of me was also haywire. But it had been for 15 or 16 years before the diagnosis, so not a lot changed, if I'm being honest, but also everything changed. Boy, that sounds zen, but you know what I mean. Um, so there, where I originally thought, oh, okay, this is it, the ship turned upside down, I am, like, underwater, this is crazy, and it felt like that. It honestly felt like that for a while. In time, I was able to put some distance between myself and what I believed was the problem. And in that distance, I stopped seeing what, what I believed was the problem and started looking at it more as, maybe this is part of the solution, right? So I changed my mindset from that sort of victim mode, uh, why me, why me, what did I do, right? Like, I had that moment early on, and I, it made me feel icky, to be honest with you. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not, the facts are the facts. I didn't do anything to get MS. I didn't do anything to have COVID appear, right? It's externally outside of my control. Once I could kind of wrap my brain around that, I was able to formulate a plan to systematically separate everything into little compartments so I can handle things on a micro level instead of one big macro explosion. 
That I have discussed in previous episodes under the 10 facets of life, something we will revisit again soon, but just to keep everyone up to speed on what I'm talking about. Okay, so the two events that happened recently were, by contrast, um, planned for, in a sense. And they are this, and they were two fairly big things. Number one, my son, whom I love very much, went ahead and got himself all grownsed up, and now he is off at school studying engineering, which I'm incredibly proud of him. He's done so much hard work, and his freshman year of high school was the COVID year, and it was a big adjustment for him, and he handled it like a champ, and he continues to handle it like a champ. He's a great kid. He's an awesome kid, and he's super bright, and he's honestly smarter than me, so that's not saying much, though, because I'm not, you know. <laughs> the point is, um, I'm an empty nester now, you know, but I knew this was going to happen pretty much like the day he was born, right? The, the same programming that says, okay, well, you... In fall, you start school, and then we go through this cycle, and blah, 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 and rinse and repeat. That same programming applies to when you're holding your newborn baby, going, okay, you're going to be a newborn, and then an infant, and then a toddler, and then a kid, and you're going to have a lot of snot coming out of your nose, and then you'll be a grumpy teenager, and you'll be moody, and then one day you'll turn 18, and you'll become an adult. And around that same time, you're going to be making some giant life decisions that will impact the majority of the rest of your life. I was aware of that 18 years ago. So when the day arrived, when he turned 18 and he became an adult, we started talking about what schools he wanted to go to. It wasn't like a shocking event. It was the natural course of his transition. All of us have gone through some type of transition like that. I doesn't mean you went away to college, but you turned 18 at one day, at one point, and then you, you know, were seen as a, as an adult human being. Maybe you weren't treated like one, but you, when it's convenient, society will look at you like an adult until they don't need to see you that way. Then they'll see you as a child still. What can you do? Um, but that was a big moment, you know, it was just a big moment to drop him off on a college campus and sort of say goodbye, you know, not forever, <laughs> but go, enjoy life, experience this, uh, you know, don't make it all just about schooling, respect your class load and, and do the work you're here to do, but also like experience this moment. You're only going to be 18 and a freshman once, and this is that one time, so enjoy it. Like, make friends, step outside of your comfort zone. You know, dad advice. Really good dad advice. I dropped it on him. It was great. Um, and he, he seems to be adapting really well, and I just spoke to him the other day. And, uh, you know, so by all measures, that's going swimmingly. Again, not a problem. I was able to prepare myself for that. Um, the other thing that also happened a few days after that was also a, a forecasted and planned event. And something I had brought up just a few episodes ago is that I decided that after 23 amazingly wonderful years of doing the same exact job and loving every second of it, I decided to take a big step back 
from the only career I've ever known. And I did that uh, two weeks ago. So it's been two weeks since I am on sabbatical, as I like to say. Uh, and that's a pretty big thing, too, because I'm, out, I'm now finding a new routine and a new rhythm to life. And I indeed closed the chapter on that part of my life. That's what I did for 23 years. I was a professional tattoo artist. There's that little part in my soul that's always going to be that guy, that character I played. Um, but that's not what I do. I don't wake up every day and have to focus on what client am I working on? What drawing do I have to have complete? You know, all the, all the stuff that falls into that particular vocation is emptied out. I closed the chapter on it. I say sabbatical because I'm, it's a skill I have and I enjoy it. Um, but I just don't want it to be my main focus anymore. I, I had 23 amazing years of it, half my life, and it's time to investigate some new stuff. I have a lot of other interests as well, and this frees me up so I can explore those. But all that being said, as positive as that sounds, I also am dealing with <laughs> another life-changing event happening in a very short period of time from another one, and how am I handling this so well, um, what's the difference? You know, so I sat down and I kind of scripted out a contrast compare kind of thing. And the big ones that stick out are what I just mentioned, though. The, the first set was completely unpredictable and out of the blue and sudden and abrupt and jarring. And any other adjective you want to throw in there, you could you if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you experienced the covid lockdowns and the phenomena that was 2020. So you have an understanding of how sudden and jarring that switch was. Now you just add a layer of, oh, and by the way, you have an incurable disease on, on top of it at the same exact time. Yeah, that'll, that'll fry your brain for a couple days, right? Um, but that's what it was. It was just, it was, it was like be, just being in a car accident. It was sudden, you didn't see it, you got blindsided, wham. Okay, well, it happened. <laughs> you know, I can't change that. Nothing is going to magically just reset and go back to the way it was. It just will not happen. I got to that point fairly quickly just by being objective and looking at the situation, not for a, what I wanted it to be, but rather I just accepted it for what it was. I, I, I'm not saying it was a good situation. It fucking sucked. Still does. But I'm not going to get hung up on the it sucks, my life sucks, everything sucks thing. Because that's not going to get you anywhere. Other than just in a really bad mood for a really long time. You know? So, sudden, sure. But I handled it. It was a lot. Yes. Am I still working through it? Yes. Every day. I suspect I will for the rest of my life. I'm on a journey of something really beautiful and amazing. And there is no destination other than, you know, that last breath you draw whenever that is. So my work now entails me doing the work, right? Really exploring myself and looking at all the positive assets that I could bring to the world. And when I see things 
that maybe don't align with me anymore. I sit with those and sort them out and see if uh, I can't either repair it, fix it, or just ditch it all together. I'm talking about old behavioral patterns, old systematic beliefs that were sort of embedded into me. All of that fun stuff uh, is what I think is the real work that every individual on this planet should be focused on. It doesn't have to be around the clock, but it should be built into your daily routine and into your psyche of I'm, I'm looking to be better than I was yesterday. It's kind of that simple. Just be better than the person you were yesterday. And if you feel like you're not, investigate that a little bit. Like, get into it. What, what are you doing that's not helping you grow. In other words, what's keeping you back? What's stunting you? Is it distractions? You know, are you allowing distractions into your life? Or is it distractions that come out of the blue and hit you across the face like a diagnosis, like COVID? Yeah, those are going to happen too. But it's endurable if you have the mindset to say, wait a minute, okay, that's that's a a global pandemic that that ain't me i got nothing to do with that right so i could just accept this situation for what it is sure it's unfortunate sure it sucks i don't want to be doing this uh but i don't have a choice right same exact thing goes with the ms diagnosis uh rather not be doing it really don't feel like having to deal with this for the rest of my life let alone today but here it is right can't do anything about it so why waste energy being negative towards it? Figure out how, hey, this might work to my advantage somehow. Maybe this is just the thing I needed to rip off a fresh start on life. Sure, maybe I'm behind the sticks, as they say, but I could still change direction. I could, I could still take this moment of this catastrophic change and turn it into something. So that's been fueling me for the last three, three and a half years or so, which is the reason why I talk about it so much. I had to do a podcast because all my friends kind of got bored of listening to me <laughs> go on and on about it. So thank you for being a, a kind ear. Uh, but I hope, I hope there's some value in this because uh, I believe in this. It makes sense to me. And that seems to go part and parcel with my attitude towards these two most recent life events. The difference being I was not blindsided by this. I was well aware this was going to happen. And as the calendar pages turned and I became more aware that it was impending and getting closer and closer, um, I was able to handle it much better. It wasn't a surprise. It was something I was able to prepare and armor myself for. Not through ignoring it or pretending it was something else, by simply saying, this is the natural course of my son's life, is that he gets to experience this brand new school and, and brand new lifestyle for him. And so I started celebrating that w with him, you know, um, and explaining it to him in a way that didn't make it seem like he's off to college and I'm doing cartwheels, right? Like, no, it's not that. It's like change doesn't have to be a negative. It doesn't have to be a scary thing. In fact, it's the most natural thing because it's going to change regardless of you deciding to involve yourself with it or not. Change doesn't care if you don't like it. It just does. Right? 
MS doesn't care if I don't like it or not. It's just going to do what it do to me. So there's a lot of parallels that I draw between the two um, that that are helpful for me just to kind of construct an image in my head of like, okay, well, so MS isn't that big of a deal in my life unless I make it a big deal. Now, that doesn't mean don't respect it, don't take care of yourself. No, that's not that's not it. But if you wake up every day and you say, okay, well, I have MS, so I'm limited in what I can... No, mm, that's limiting. And we're the opposite of limiting. We're about growth and expansion. So I like to replace the word I can't with despite. <laughs> it's a simple word, but instead of saying I can't go to the store, say, well, despite MS and my leg cramping, I'm going to... Um, Get the take the opportunity to go to the store. There's something a little bit more positive and upswingy about the rephrasing of that that I particularly enjoy. Uh, and then on the but the second life changing event, which is you know stepping back from my career, also I view it as a positive. I I don't feel like I'm tail tucked between my legs or I'm running away. Um, in fact, I don't need to explain this, but I'm going to because I just want to make sure it's clear. Although the diagnosis of MS has an impact on the decision-making process, it is not the reason. In fact, there is no one reason. It was a, cer a certain alignment of events that the universe was, I felt, pointing me towards. And it's hard to ignore the flow of that sometimes. I don't want to get all woo-woo on you, but I saw uh, a window of opportunity to make a change because change was happening in my favor. The same attitude I had with, okay, COVID and diagnosis, maybe I could do something with this time I have just sitting in my apartment, you know? I had a lot of downtime and I felt like I made the best use of it by saying, okay, I gotta take care of my health, so let's get that figured out. That same approach I applied to this was, okay, you know, these one of these was going to happen anyways, the other thing is my choice. They just happen to be going down on in the same week. That's no biggie. I've put out more fires than this before. How can I make this work? What does this do for me? How does this benefit me? How does this help my growth? Because if it says, well, it doesn't, then I'm, I just did the wrong thing, you know? But the fact that everything lined up, and when I asked myself that question, does this help my growth? I said, hell yeah, it does. Suddenly, I'm not going to be distracted by having to be uh, performing a certain role in, in, in the lives of the people I know, right? I'm not doing that, performing that service anymore. That's not my vocation. So I, it's no longer a uh, distraction in that sense. You know, I don't have to wake up and go, oh, well, I have to go to work or I have this appointment. No, I don't have that. A kinder way of saying that would be, of course, I now have much more available time on my hands to focus on the projects that mean the most to me. I like the way that sounds. One of those projects is this podcast. I had to take us some time away from it uh, because I was focused on this other stuff. And it's not that I find the podcast distracting at all, not at all. Um, but I knew in that moment I needed all my concentration in one place. So I had to make a reasonable cut to the roster, if you will. And it wasn't like I said, I'm not going to podcast. I, I tried. I would sit down and 
uh, try to record, and I just didn't have the magic there. And it was because I knew that my focus was so intent on my goal that I had set that everything else seemed to fall away. And that's where I, what I mean when I say I sort of had a, the dog days of summer. I was just kind of, I was clicked in, but I can imagine if you saw me, you might think I was checked out, you know? Uh, <laughs> but that's fine, because I don't need external confirmation on me. It was a wonderful time, and it continues to be, and it's just, it's marked by this change, but I don't see it at all as a negative, not at all. Um, so I'm really excited about where I'm, I'm moving toward in the future, even though it's going to be pumpkin spice flavored for a while. Um, but there's some pretty cool things on the horizon, and I'm more than willing to share them as they unfold and I can make them make sense. Uh, and the podcast itself is something that I'm making modifications to and changing, and basically part in my dust as I do a little renovation with the podcast and uh, play around with some different things. But that's what learning is, right? Learning is by doing. And if I waited for the moment I knew everything about sound design, I would never even be recording this po this podcast episode because I'd be waiting for perfection. So if there's one takeaway, just one I want from this long rambling diatribe I just threw at you. It's this. Start doing something. Even if it turns out to be the wrong thing, you just learned, okay, that wasn't that. Cool. I know that now. Let me go do something else. But sitting and mulling and planning and scheming and waiting for that right opportunity where the stars align, I think, you know, it's never going to happen, right? You're never going to be ready to the perfect timing for that thing, whatever that thing is. You know it. I know it. We all know it. And boy, is it just hard to put that into practice sometimes, you know? I get it. So I'm just out here trying to encourage anyone who's maybe uh, teetering on a fence with should I, shouldn't I, or something like that. I'm here to encourage you. Do something, even if that something is just sit with that question in your head for five minutes. Just does this benefit me? Is this essential to me and my growth and my health and my wellness? And if it's not an immediate yes, meaning you have to take some time to figure it out the right answer to make it, you know, you, you're scheming. It's yes or no. You'll, your gut will tell you. And if it's no, yeah, you might have to just set that down for a minute. You might have to set it down forever. And you might not be ready to set it down. But what's more important to you? You and your health and your wellness or that thing that you just set down who's going to have a temporary bad mood because of it? I choose to choose me every time in a non-egoic way. I just, I'm better when I'm well and when I'm well I can help more people. So the focus has to be on my wellness. That is my personal philosophy. I don't ask that you subscribe to it. But if it sounds interesting to you, I would love to be able to share how I got there. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I borrowed it from like a bunch of other philosophers. So <laughs> it's, 
not really original. Um, but I do like talking about them and their lives, and that's something I'm going to be introducing more into the podcast as we move along as well. Uh, so a lot of change, a lot of new seasons starting all at the same time, and when it aligns like that, it's pretty much a good indicator that you're on the right path because things are lining up, right? You don't have to force it. It's just kind of unfolding in front of you. Yeah, keep that mojo going because that's, that's it. That's the juice right there. That's the good stuff. So everyone, enjoy your pumpkin spice, whatever it is that you're going to ingest. <laughs> Wash it down with the pumpkin spice, something else. And drive your pumpkin spice car to the pumpkin spice store and buy some pumpkin spice. And oh, my brain hurts. Anyways, I want everyone to have an awesome and safe pumpkin spice season. And until next time, take care. Hey friends, just before I let you go, Lady did remind me that I wanted to mention to you, the listeners, that the power is now more in your control. It's more in your hands. <laughs> what do I mean? Uh, Spotify has this really cool function now where you, the listener, can uh, contact me directly through a Q&A section that will be below every episode that is now published. So, if you have any show ideas, or perhaps there's something you would like to hear me talk about, uh, please, by all means, feel free to utilize that. As always, you can contact me through email and on Instagram, and those will be in the show notes as well. So, until then, thanks for listening, thanks for being here, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Think Well, Think Better. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are intended for informational entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for professional medical advice. I realize our time is our most valuable resource. So if you chose to spend yours with me today, thank you very much. And if you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. If you found value in this podcast, why not share it and recommend it with a friend to help grow and support awareness of the MS community? As always, you can join the conversation on Instagram at thinkwellthinkbetter underscore podcast or email me at thinkwellthinkbetter at gmail.com. Love you all. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.